As a medical professional, you're probably consumed by your work. Because of that, you likely miss out on big opportunities to protect and grow the wealth you work so hard for. Luckily, through passive real estate investing, you can place your capital in the hands of trusted syndicators who do all the legwork while you sit back and let your money work for you. Syndicators like Ascent Equity Group. Ascent Equity Group is led by three medical professionals turned full-time real estate investors who have secured a quarter of a billion dollars in assets in just three years. And their latest opportunity, Sunrise and Chandler, is open now. Sunrise and Chandler is an exciting 177-unit value-add multifamily opportunity in the affluent city of Chandler, Arizona. This Class B asset in a Class A location was secured at a significant discount and is already cash flowing out of the gate, with 89% of the units still in need of renovation. Sunrise and Chandler is close to meeting its capital raising goal and will be closing soon. So if you'd like to learn more, visit ascentequitygroup.com forward slash best deal to schedule a call. That's A-S-C-E-N-T equitygroup.com slash best deal. This opportunity is open to accredited investors only. Focus on asking your questions and not that surface stuff, but getting down into the core because we've heard this before and now there's enough science to back up that we don't make decisions based on logic. We make it based on emotion. Before we get into today's episode, are you a fix and flipper who needs some money? Do you need to maybe do more deals and you're limited by the funds you have available. Well then, Fund That Flip, today's best ever sponsor, has a solution for you. And you know Fund That Flip, right? Your loyal best ever listener, the founder, Matt Rodak, he's been on the show multiple times and they have been a previous sponsor and they love working with the best ever listeners and they provide short-term fix and flip loans to experienced investors. They've got an online platform, makes the entire process super easy, and you can get funded in as few as seven days. So if you're looking for a reliable funding partner, go to fundthatflip.com and mention that, well, you heard about it on the Best Ever Show. Best Ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice ever. We don't get into any of that fluffy stuff today. Well, I hope you're having a best ever weekend because it is Sunday. We're doing a special segment like we usually do, and that is Skill Set Sunday. By the end of our conversation, you're going to have a specific skill that you can then go apply to your real estate endeavors. And today we're talking to someone who's a former sales executive in the private jet industry. She was selling private jets to individuals and companies, and she has mastered how to sell high ticket items. And how relevant is that to real estate in terms of getting the most value from our properties that we are selling and maybe we're doing a conference and we want to sell more premium tickets, whatever it is, we can use some tips and uh, practical ways to implement how to sell high ticket items. With us today, how you doing, Stephanie Chung? Thank you so much, Joe. You really know how to introduce a gal. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. Well, my pleasure. And it's such a natural fit for real estate investors, your background. A little bit more about Stephanie, and then we'll get into it in more detail. She is based in Dallas, Texas. She's got 25 years of t team management, business development, and sales leadership experience. And she's an award-winning executive coach and a high-ticket sales closer, as I mentioned earlier. So by the end of our conversation, you will know how to sell high-ticket items 
With that being said, Stephanie, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and your focus? Sure, absolutely. Our organization, Stephanie Chung and Associates, we're based in Dallas, as you mentioned. And really what we specialize is in executive coaching. So we work with the C-suite in regards to leadership communication. And then also really in my love and my passion is high ticket sales closing. So companies, because of our background and because of my background specifically, companies will bring us in to really work with their sales professionals or managing partners or business development, those folks who, who specialize in very high ticket items. So we will come in and talk about how do you close those high dollar items and what does it take? And as you know, you know, there's a difference between selling a high ticket item to a high net worth individual versus selling a high ticket item to all the rest of us. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yep. it's a little bit different and uh, so different techniques and skill set are needed. And it really centers around the conversation itself. So again, in a nutshell, we do executive coaching and we do anything all sales related as well. So how do you close a high dollar item and what does it take? At the end of the day, one of the things that just can send me through the moon in a negative way is when I hear people say things like, oh my gosh, they're such a people person and that's why they'll be good in sales. Or they have the gift of gab and that's why they'll be good in sales. The fact of the matter is the best people in sales are the ones who do a lot of asking and very little telling. So that's the very first thing is you want to focus on asking your questions and not that surface stuff, but getting down into the core because we've heard this before and now there's enough science to back up that we don't make decisions based on logic. We make it based on emotion. So as sales professionals, which by the way, anybody that runs their own business, I always call them a sales professional because yep. at the end of the day, that's what we are, right? Yep, so uh, all of us grinded it out every day. Sales professionals, we have to understand the neuroscience behind selling, which is why mine's a little bit different than just your typical open probes, closed probes, like the normal stuff. It's because I spend a lot of time looking at what does the brain do when those kind of conversations are happening. So mm -hmm. to give you an example, Joe, we talk about ask, don't tell. The reason why, but here's the science behind why that is. One, there's the obvious. The more I can ask questions, the more information I can get. And if you ask people enough questions, they'll tell you everything ever you ever wanted to know about them, right? But the science behind why you do that is you and I can probably talk at a speed of, if we're lucky, 300 words a minute. That's how fast we can speak. But the brain can process anywhere from 1,000 to 3,000 words per minute. So the reason why you don't want to be the one talking all the time and you want to be the one asking is because you have the unfair advantage based on you being the asker and your buyer having to speak. So if it's the buyer speaking, they're speaking 300 words a minute, maybe if they talk fast like you and I, Joe, but we can still calculate 3,000 words. So as they're speaking, we can watch their body language, we can listen to what they're saying, we can hear the essence of what they're saying, and then that helps us then drive and guide the conversation. But if you reverse that, and most salespeople do, they're doing all the talking, then the buyer has the ability to sit there and look at you, politely smile, but in their mind, because they can process so much faster, they're thinking, what does she have on? Oh, I wonder how am I going to get out of this conversation? Maybe mm -hmm. I'll just tell them this. You know, like they have yeah. the advantage to think of so many other things, which can come back to bite you later on. Yeah, so true. I never consciously thought about that. But now that you mentioned the 300 words per minute that we talk versus 3,000 that we can process, 
it makes a lot of sense because now I'm like thinking back on situations. I do feel like my brain is working more when I'm listening than when I'm actually talking. I'm like processing a lot more information. Exactly. And you know, another reason why you do it is when you ask someone a question, especially if you're asking them a question about themselves, the fact of the matter is the brain produces like a dopamine effect. That's why we all like to talk about ourselves. We actually feel good about it. Well, what's great then from a sales perspective is how we want to use that is we want to use that to our advantage. So we want to ask people questions about themselves and build a rapport because people won't buy from you, as we all know, unless they like you, trust you, and uh, feel like you've got their best interest in mind. But how you can simply do this is by asking them some questions to build that rapport that, in fact, lets the brain start to produce the dopamine effect. They feel really good about you, and you may not have said anything about your product. Okay. All they know is, I like that, Joe. He's a really great guy. I like it. It's because you ask them questions and let them just talk about themselves. Mm -hmm. So high-end ticket sales, asking questions, don't tell. You gave a reason why and also really another reason why. What else do we need to know? Now I get I should ask more than I should tell, but what else do I need to know to do high-end ticket sales or high-end sales in general? There's a couple things. The one thing a lot of people don't really think about is you've got to get your mindset to be able to talk those big dollars. What that means is your financial beliefs have to be under control. We all have them. We were brought up, and it's a matter of how were we brought up in our home. Were we brought up where money was based on scarcity, right? Turn those lights off, money doesn't grow on trees. Or were we brought up where money was spoken about but in abundance? So however we grew up, we have our own financial beliefs. So whenever you're selling a high-ticket product, or any product for that matter, you have to make sure that you've never let your financial beliefs get into the conversation. Because once they get in, unless you grew up around money, which most people did not, it can sabotage the result and sabotage the sale. And you end up actually not selling the high dollar, but you come in and you settle for something less than because that's where you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. makes a lot of sense. Any way that you recommend someone expanding their mindset so they can talk big dollars and live in a world of abundance versus scarcity? The very first thing I would say, and this goes without saying, but unfortunately, I have to say it all the time, is you really do want to be about the buyer in front of you. So the more you can focus on what exactly do they need, not so much what do I feel comfortable selling them, but what do they need? When you can focus in on that, then the conversation takes a whole different direction. So here's what I mean by that. If, in fact, I have a client and they sell memberships. And I'll give you just a quick story on this. A membership in their particular world can range anywhere from $50,000 to $100,000 or more. So this company brought me in for some of their salespeople. And as we were coaching through it, I kept asking this one particular salesperson. He was their number one sales guy. And I said, why do you keep selling everybody the $50,000 membership? When clearly this particular scenario he was giving me, the guy really was better suited for 100000 So he said, well, I want to just get them in at 50000 and then they love us, and then down the line I'll sell them the 100000 Well, that's putting your own financial beliefs into the equation. The customer was better suited for the $100,000. So it's a very subtle effect how it can sabotage the deal. In his mind, he truly believed that, well, you know, I'll start at 50 and then we'll ease them into 100 Well, now that's two steps for the buyer. If the buyer is better suited for $100,000, then that's exactly where you start. It's not about you. It's about them. 
so that's one thing I would tell you is you think about the stuff that we have to do. When you have those conversations, the first part is be really listening and attentive and mindful of what is important. It's not about me. That's the first thing. Second thing is you have to know your stuff. Long gone are those days that you can wing it. Those days are dead. There is way too much competition out there. What space you're in, the, the market is flooded. And really what's going to separate us is our ability to get the job done, so our results, and knowing our stuff and having that swagger, if you will, your confidence. When you're selling a high ticket item, you have to be sure. You got to know what you know, what you know, because A-list players want to work with A-list players. They don't want to work with A-list players in the making. They want to work with, you've got to have your act together. You've got to know your stuff. You've got to stand firm on whatever your price is. And you have to have that error about you, not in arrogance, because nobody likes that guy, right? (laughs) But you definitely have to have that error about you where they feel comfortable that you're confident in what it is that you do. And one thing, Joe, along those lines, I would tell people is if you're not that person just yet, that's okay. None of us coming out the wound confident, right? We had to build and get to that place. Like, like think no one else notices. Or Yeah, we all notice. We all know when people have insecurities. We've all got them. So get them figured out and worked on. How do you have confidence but not talk as much and just ask questions? Because usually I would think people would consider confidence with talking and telling them what you know versus being more quiet and listening and asking questions? That's a great question. It really comes down to the quality of the question. You want to be able to ask those questions that get your buyer to literally stop for a second and go, huh, I never thought about that before. Or that's a good question. You want that awkward silence. And that's when you know you're really getting somewhere. Right? Yeah. So because everyone else is asking the normal questions and you have to be mindful. So what I always tell clients is, and everybody's got a different field, right? But when you're asking one of those questions, like I'll give you an example, since you have a lot of real estate folks, one of the clients that I work with, again, they work with high end dollars. And this particular gentleman is just super smart, Ivy League school, just like a beast. I mean, this guy, he reeks confidence. But he's newer into the space. So where he's a little bit challenged is on the people skills. He can do the numbers real good. He's got a strong financial background, yada, yada, yada. But when it comes to socializing or the social skills, not necessarily his strong point, which is why he brought me into the equation. And so some of the things that we were talking about, we were doing an example because he was working with a husband and wife couple. And the husband and him just resonated because the guy was exactly like him. But of course, the wife has a big influence in whether or not they're going to move forward with this particular purchase and certainly with this particular realtor. So we worked a lot on his soft skills. And one of the things I shared with him is I said, when you're asking the question, instead of, first of all, guide the person as far as how long you expect this to take. So part of sales is keeping the sales cycle down, Joe. So if it normally takes you five or six touch points to close the deal, well, how do we get that down to two or three? So that's the first thing. But in that particular scenario, what we worked on, I said, part of it is you've got to guide the customer. Because again, this isn't their expertise. They're counting on you to be the expert. So guiding the conversation. So in his scenario, I said, what you could tell him is, listen, I've understood everything that you're looking for. And let me just give you an idea of how we tend to work over here at the XYZ company. I had him go through. So you're guiding the customer because mostly it's like a dance. Most people want to be led in that sense. But one of the questions I had him ask is that, Ask the question about when you're trying to figure out which home is going to be a great home for them, instead of just asking about what are they looking for, ask them about their childhood and what they're used to. 
because now I can attach the dots. Okay. So you could ask something like, well, I know that you're looking for three homes and a two car garage and three bedrooms and the basic stuff, right? Yep. I said, but instead ask them a question like, well, tell me a little bit about when you grew up. Walk me through what your house was like then. Now I'm going to take you back. Again, we don't make decisions on logic. We make it on emotion. Mm -hmm. So the more I can get you back there and now I'm creating a dopamine effect. You're talking about yourself. You're talking about your childhood and you're walking me through that process and I'm digging in detail. Right? Oh, so your mom was a stay-at-home. Wow, what was that like? Oh, yeah, she cooked all the time and she made the best apple pie. I want those details, <laughs> okay? Yep. Because that's going to change the game. For starters, you're going to remember me. Man, I really liked that person. They were great. Why? Because I let you talk a lot about yourself. I was listening to all the little cues and keys because the things that you're describing are going to help me better serve you now when we get back to, yes, you want a home with three bedrooms and a two-car garage and blah, 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 blah. See, most realtors will ask that question, right? No, hardly anyone will go back, dig back into the background as to why, like what got them here at this point. So I would say you've got A through Z. Most people will start at M and try to get you to Z and close you. Whereas I'm like, hey, start you at A so I can build that stickiness, build that relationship, get you falling in love with me, making myself stand out from my competitors. And then by the time I get to M, getting to Z is easy. Make sense? <laughs> It makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yes, it does make a lot of sense. You've delivered as you promised. You've given some practical tips and strategies for how to do high ticket selling or just high end selling in general, high ticket items. Anything else that you want to mention as it relates to selling high ticket items that we haven't discussed before we wrap up? I would, I would say two things. One, we always know it's never about the money, but a lot of times people will use stall tactics. Let me talk to my wife. Let me talk to my investor. Let me talk to my dog. Let me talk, you know, that's just stall tactics, right? They don't need to talk to anybody. <laughs> so always keep that in mind. And when someone says that to you, your comeback is, that's great. Makes complete sense, Joe. Just for my own knowledge, though, can you tell me specifically what is it that you need to think about specifically? That way I can get that objection up and I can go back around to try to close it out again. Mm. So call them on it. So that's the first thing. Don't just let people off the hook when they say that. Always know there's no such thing as next week. Yeah, yeah, let's get back in touch next week. There's no such day as next week. So narrow them down. Great. Would you like me to call you Tuesday? I've got Tuesday at two or four. You know, narrow that next week stuff down. Right? Mm -hmm. And then my last one, and I am a big fan of this, is you always want to use the preemptive strike. So we've all been in business enough to know that we're going to get the same one or two objections all the time. Right. So what you want to do, this comes with your confidence and you being in control and your swagger. You bring up the objection ahead of time so you can control the narrative. So I'll give you an example. I know that I'm one of the more expensive coaches in the Dallas area. So because I know that, let's say someone calls me, they want to talk about my coaching services or what have you. So what I would say is, great, based on what you told me, this is what I believe that you're looking for. You and I have talked about, Joe, how this, that, and the other would actually be a great solution for you. So let's talk about pricing. So now I'm going to bring it up, right? So I'm going to say something like this to you, Joe. Something you need to know, Joe, is I'm actually one of the more expensive executive coaches in the area. But here's why. So I'm going to bring up the objection so I can control the narrative. Mm -hmm. So that's what we call a preemptive strike. So for any of your listeners, you definitely, whether you're negotiating a commission or any of that listing fee, any of that stuff, 
bring it up in advance. You bring it up so you can control the narrative. That way you're not on the defense when they bring it up and you're stumbling all over yourself trying to answer it, right? <laughs> so you yeah. bring it up, you're in control, you've got that confidence, and, and it will usually go really well because they appreciate the fact that you brought up the objection. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Thank you for mentioning that. That can be applied in so many scenarios as real estate investors. You just said three things. Control the narrative, proactively bring up things, no such day as next week. And then the first one, what will you need to think of? So will you just say that example again? I want to make sure I wrote it down correctly. Sure, no problem. So a lot of times people will use a stall tactic and the stall tactic will be, oh, let me think about it. Or it would be, let me talk to my wife or let me talk to my dog or let me talk to you know whoever, right? They're just trying to stall from making a decision. So the answer to that is, let's say they say, let me talk to my wife. Sounds good, Joe. Makes complete sense that you would want to get a second opinion. And just for my own knowledge, could you help me understand what specifically will you be discussing with your wife? That's it. If you want, Joe, if you're really feeling bold, you could say something like, is it price? Like, just call it out. You can tell that they're kind of getting a little <laughs> wobbly because of price or something like that. Bring it up. Call it right out. So then you have the objection and it's right there for you to address. Outstanding. Where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you, Stephanie? StephanieChong.com is probably the easiest way. And this has been so much fun, Joe. Oh, it's been a lot of fun and educational for me. There are a couple things that I absolutely will implement in my business. And that is the last couple things that you said that bring up the objection to control the narrative. I kind of do that already, but not consciously. And now I will. And then also the thing I just asked you to repeat, and that's why, because I was really interested in that. Just the stall tactic, if they have one, then it's not even really to close anyone. It's just to learn more about what the potential objections are so that you can learn for the future and then perhaps optimize the approach that you take or the different business plan that you have or whatever. So just to my knowledge, what specifically will you be discussing And then also the many lessons along the way that you mentioned earlier about asking the questions, don't tell, how we make decisions based on emotion, and how to have the right mindset and really be conscientious of what our financial mindset is and does that align with who we're selling to. So thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever day, Stephanie, and we'll talk to you soon. Excellent. Thanks so much, Joe. Bye-bye now. You want to get better at negotiating real estate? Well, how about, do you want to get better at negotiating real estate for free? Even better, right? Well, go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has partnered with best-selling author Jay Scott to provide you with a free chapter from Jay's new book on negotiating real estate. I've read the book. Lots of good real-world case studies sprinkled in there, too. I love it when they do that. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever to download your free copy of the chapter today. The Target Market Insights podcast is just that, a show solely dedicated to help you learn about target markets through the people successfully shaping them. The show features professionals who work directly with the audience and market you want to connect with in real estate. Listen and subscribe today at targetmarketinsights.com. That's targetmarketinsights.com.